Hey friend, welcome back to the Lifestyle Medicine Project. So I'm in a PSA, aka public service announcement kind of mood. So today we're going to talk about some important facts to tell your healthcare provider. Um, and the reason I'm in this kind of mood slash mode is because over the last several weeks, I've talked to women, both young and old, that aren't sure about what they need as far as healthcare and weren't aware of things that would be very helpful for their healthcare provider to know. Now, this is not to say the healthcare provider shouldn't be asking questions regarding these issues and concerns. However, we all know that knowledge is power, and I want to give you the knowledge to empower yourself the next time you go to your yearly physical or even for a sick visit. Um, I know a lot of times in my practice or where I work, um, as a nurse practitioner, like even when I have patients come in as sick visits, if I see like in their chart, they've not been there like a lot, I'll try to update their information um, as far as, you know, screenings and whatnot, because it's not often that they come in. So um, I want you to know as women, sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves and it just doesn't occur to us that some details are important. However, Lifestyle medicine includes your family in your healthcare, both genetically, so your family genetics, and psychosocially, so your family dynamics, etc. So, knowing your family history is very important, first of all, for your healthcare provider to take care of you as thoroughly as possible. And second, it's just important for you to know your family history um, so that you can um, share this information with people that need it. Um, so please note that this is not medical advice. I'm discussing guidelines that have been agreed upon from many governing bodies of the medical profession, um, and I'm really just hitting the high notes. Um, but I do want you to have a general knowledge of what can be expected um, at your age and um, with your family history. So let's get started. Welcome to the Lifestyle Medicine Project. If you're ready to finally commit to lifelong health, feeling better, and improving your mental and physical health for good, you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Jennifer Coble, a nurse practitioner, certified functional medicine practitioner, boy mom to three, and wife. I have a calling on my life to transform the way that you view and experience healthcare because I believe that traditional medicine is leading people astray. We don't need to give a pill for the ill. We need to empower people to have a true lifestyle transformation, both internally and externally. And most importantly, commit and be disciplined to the process. It's time for you to go against the grain to get to optimal health that is going to have you feeling incredible. I can't wait to create a true lifestyle change with you. Let's mandate vegetables and tackle this project together. So like I said, we're just going to hit some like high, I would say high notes. Um, and I just made a list of things that um, are focused on, especially like in the family practice that I work in. Um, and I just uh, made like five um, topics. And so the first one would be cardiovascular or heart. Um you need to have a blood, a blood pressure screening at every 
visit. So I'm sure whatever doctor's visit you go to, whether it's, you know, a gynecologist or specialist or a family practice, like they will check your blood pressure and that is a screening. And it is good to note what your blood pressure is so that you can monitor it year to year, visit to visit, month to month, whatever it is that you go in for. Um, because you can be totally normal one visit and like the next three visits, it'd be elevated. And that's just a good thing to know, like what your blood pressure normally runs. Um, as far as cardiovascular goes, it is really important to know if you have a family history of a heart attack at age 50 or younger. Um, that is very important to know for your health, for your children's health, um, especially if it was a sibling, a parent, or a grandparent. And that is very important to share with your healthcare provider. Um, and also, if you have a family history of an aneurysm, whether it's brain, aortic aneurysm, um, you need to know what age that aneurysm was diagnosed and or what age the aneurysm ruptured because uh, many aneurysms are not found until too late. So very important to know if you have a family history of high blood pressure and to make sure you monitor your blood pressure, especially like not to go get a blood pressure cuff, but you know, at your doctor's visits, or if you're in Walmart, just check your blood pressure and see. Um, know if you have a family history of aneurysms, and if you do, at what age were they diagnosed? And um, do these people have any other, these relatives have any other um, risk factors like smoking or heart disease, diabetes? And then also, if you have a family history of heart attack at an early age, um, mostly aged 50 or younger or in the 50s, okay? And what did they attribute that heart attack to? I mean, because obviously people with illicit drug use can have heart attacks, but was it, you know, what was it? Now, second uh, topic is uh, GI-related, so colon. Colon cancer screenings should start at age 45. I really don't like to hear that because I'm getting on up there. Don't want to think about it. I was really hoping they were going to have a pill to swallow and, you know, you didn't have to do the prep and everything by the time I got old enough for screenings. But anyway, I digress. Um, but if you have a relative in your family, first degree relative or a strong family history of colon cancer or polyps, then um, you need to start 10 years prior to the age of diagnosis of your relative. You need to start your screenings early. So for example, my grandmother was um, diagnosed in her early 40s. So my mother would start in her early 30s. Um, so just to give you an example. So definitely make sure that you're up to date on your color cancer, color cancer screenings. Um, if you're age 45 or older, it used to be age 50, but they've bumped it down to 45. So if you're 45, go ahead and get that done. Take one for the team. Take care of yourself because if you catch it early, you know, the treatment's not involved, is involved, hopefully, and the therapies work better. Um, third topic, cervix, cervical, pap smear, okay? It's kind of like a cuss word to me. Don't like it. Don't like to have them done. 
Um, but it is suggested that every th- three years for ages 20 to 29, um, you have a pap smear. Um, and then ages 30 to 65 should have a pap with HPV testing every five years. HPV is the human papillomavirus. That is um, a virus that can cause cervical cancer, uh, vaginal cancers, penile cancers, and um, oral cancers. So you want to know if you have that um, so that you can, um, you know, catch that early every five years with HPV testing. Now, if you do not have the HPV testing done with your pap smear, then you need to have the pap smear done every three years. So it's really important to ask your healthcare provider which one they're ordering um, so you know how often to get them done. Now, don't quote me on this. I do believe the insurance companies still cover them every year. So if you're, you know, that person that wants it every year, girlfriend, you continue to get every year. You do you. These are just guidelines. Okay. All right. Fourth topic, mammograms. They are yearly starting at age 40. Now with paps and mammograms, very important to know if you have a family history of cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, breast cancer, any female cancers. Okay. If there was breast cancer at an early age, then um, your doctor may want to order your mammograms or ultrasounds, depending on your age, earlier. But bare minimum, yearly starting at age 40, um, definitely do self-breast exams, which I tell my patients, bare minimum, look in the mirror, see what they look like, make sure they're the same size. If they're not, is that normal for you? Do they look lumpy? Do they look, know what your normal is so that you can compare it to your normal, okay? And then the last topic is not necessarily a system, but a but labs, okay? Um, at least yearly, you need to be having lab work that is fasting, and fasting means nothing to eat or drink after midnight the night before, okay? Preferably, you have your labs drawn in the morning so you don't starve to death because, um, who needs coffee and who needs food? That would be me. So I try not to make my patients suffer <laughs> too long. Um, but for yearly lab work, CBC, which is your, uh, looking at your hemoglobin, your hematocrit, your white count, your red blood cell count, a breakdown of the of the white blood cells, um, which can tell a lot about like whether you're anemic, whether your white counts are off, which can prompt your doctor to order other labs if it does point to other issues but hopefully everything's normal you get that done yearly and then if there's a change from year to year they can keep an eye on that or if there's a change then maybe they'll do lab work you know sooner so uh, CBC and then a lipid which is your cholesterol so a lipid normally includes a total cholesterol triglycerides, HDL, which is your good cholesterol, and LDL, which is your bad cholesterol. I say those in quotation marks, air quotes. You can't see me. Um, That's the easiest way to describe it. So definitely have your cholesterol checked, um, especially if you have a family history of 
heart disease, um, or diabetes. Okay. Uh, third thing is a metabolic panel, which looks at your kidneys, your liver, and your electrolytes. And that shows your kidney function, whether your electrolytes are off balance, um, and your liver enzymes. If you're overweight, it could show possibly like point towards fatty liver. If your liver enzymes are elevated, they can also be elevated um, if you drink alcohol. Um, so good to have a baseline with for that. And sometimes physicians will order um, at bare minimum TSH. Some will order a TSH and a free T4, which is your thyroid labs, uh, to check for your thyroid, check thyroid issues, especially if you have hair loss or fatigue or um, any issues that they think may pertain to your thyroid. And then also a hemoglobin A1C, which is the test for diabetes. And a hemoglobin A1C is just a, a um, average of your blood sugars over like the last three months. And that tells you whether you're in a good range, pre-diabetes range, or diabetic. So bare minimum, a CBC, a lipid, a metabolic, thyroid, and hemoglobin A1C would be a good place to start as far as, can I talk, as far as lab work goes. Now, this is not the end-all be-all list, y'all. These are just things that um, in my practice we do focus on and um, I try to educate my patients on so that they will know that, you know, these things are important. These screenings are important. Knowing family history is important. Um, I actually just talked to a lady not too long ago who um, someone in her family was adopted, but they had done the 23andMe. They had found a relative and kind of found out some family history um, that contributed to some stuff. And, you know, I think it's just pretty cool that you do have those capabilities to try to learn more about your family. So I would take this as an opportunity to try to learn more about your family about your family history because a lot of families just like to sweep stuff under the rug and don't like to talk about it and it's just secret and whatever but honestly like it's really important because it could save your life I mean if you know that your grandmother had colon cancer at age 40 years old and you start at 30 and they find a polyp that was precancerous like imagine if you had started at age 45 like you may not have made it to 45 so, I mean, that's obviously like worst case scenario, but just trying to point out how important like screenings are. So take care of yourself so you can take care of others. And one of those things is these screenings and this lab work. So I encourage you to evaluate if you've had these things done. If you haven't, please call your healthcare provider and get that set up and start taking care of yourself. I love you. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Real quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a written review. Can't wait to hear from y'all.